Well, here we are, 2021. Give a shout to the Lord for that. Amen. You know, um, as we come into this new year, of course, there are certain things we always think about and do. And one of that, uh, those things is New Year's resolutions. How many of you already made some New Year's resolutions? How many of you already broke them? Yeah. I came across a couple of things. I, th I thought, well, why do we do New Year's resolutions? And one of the reasons is because of previous mistakes, right? I've had this in my, uh, on my desk for quite some time, and it just talked about an individual who made a mistake, and talking just something as simple as spelling. It said a businessman from Wisconsin went on a business trip, and upon arrival, he immediately plugged his laptop into the hotel room port and sent a short email back to his wife, her name, Jennifer Johnson, at her address, which is jenjohn at world.net. Well, unfortunately, in his haste, he mistyped a letter, and the email ended up going to jenjohn at world.net, a Jean Johnson in Duluth, the wife of a preacher who had just passed away and was buried that day. So the preacher's wife took one look at the email and promptly fainted when she had just read, Arrive safely, but it sure is hot down here. <laughs> and then I thought, well, we also make New Year's resolutions because of uh, poor choices. And then how many knows what follows poor Choices, excuses. So, uh, I came across a few of these things that uh, police officers have heard in relation to automobile accidents. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> this one said, an invisible car came out of nowhere, struck my car, and vanished. Another one said, I had been driving my car for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. 40 years. It's quite a trip. Another one said, I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law, and headed over the embankment. <laughs> that wasn't me, Nanny. That wasn't me. <clears throat> Another one said, the pedestrian... <clears throat> that had no idea which direction to go, uh, got in front of me, so I ran over him. <laughs> the guy was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. <laughs> and, of course, suddenly a tree was there where no tree had been before. <laughs> Resolutions, of course, can be good, but a lot of times they don't last very long. So... This year, 2021, you'll notice that uh, in, in the foyer we already have it, and I want us to just get it in our hearts and in our minds and upon our lips. 2021 is a year of encouragement. 2021, a year of encouragement. Now, the reason I'm saying that is I want us to understand that that is a declaration. That is a public event act statement, a declaration, a proclamation. 
I want you to repeat what I've just said. 2021, a year of encouragement. You see, that's where it starts. It starts with a thought. It starts with a concept, and it takes us acting upon it. We're going to go to the Word of God in just a moment, in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm going to share with you now, I'm not going to do so much preaching as I am just casting vision today. As uh, Carrie just mentioned, 2020, of course, is behind us. But look what we've learned. Look what we've accepted. Some for the good, some for the bad. Look at the resilience. Look at the determination. Look at that which we value now. When we look at this word encouragement, <clears throat> as we start off with it just becoming a declaration, we have to realize it is an act of faith. Because as we look back at 2020, there's plenty of things to be discouraged about. Can I hear an amen? amen. We've lost people. We've lost things. We've had dreams vanish. We have with us thoughts and fears that we may never get back to where we were or some of the things that we once possessed, will we ever attain them again? We can dwell on those things. So we, we come to this word encouragement. As you well know, I love words. I love definitions. I like going to Webster and letting old Webster speak, Daniel Webster speak to me one more time. Because you miss some of the things that's just right there in front of you until somebody takes the time to break it down. Something very complex, but making it concise and pithy. The word encouragement means to inspire courage. You see, encouragement. In other words, we inspire spirit, we inspire confidence, and again, courage. And it goes on and makes this statement. And this is what I preach to us today. It comes by assistance. We stimulate by assistance. In other words, we get involved. Encouragement doesn't just happen. Somebody has to put it in motion. It comes back to our responsibility. We understand that with encouragement, someone or something is more likely to happen or to become with encouragement. We are actually infusing courage into them. Think of your own life today. Travel back a few years ago when you were a child and maybe you had that first parent, that first teacher, that first coach, that first preacher, that first somebody that witnessed something and you saw something in you and they inspired you to step it up a notch, to keep doing what you're doing. There's always those people that come into our life that God brings into our life that starts us realizing, hey, somebody's noticing something in me. They've recognized something maybe I knew was there, but I didn't know how to say it. Or they've recognized something in me I don't even know is there yet. And it starts with, you're a brilliant young man. You're a smart young lady. You can run that race. All these words of encouragement that causes us to do introspection and say, is what they're saying true? Can I really jump over that hurdle? Can I really go one more mile? Can I really pass that test? Can I really get that job? You see, all these things that happen, they don't just happen by coincidence. 
Somebody puts it in motion. This word encouragement, again, I just want to keep dwelling here and keep hitting it till we get in our spirit what we've always had, the potential of being. That is to be one who can infuse courage into somebody else. Many of you are educators. How many times have you put courage into your student? By taking them back to a book, taking them through a lesson, one-on-one, maybe even that child had to come back after school because of disciplinary things, but you took that moment to make it constructive, not just in public school or private school, but what about our Sunday schools and our children's churches where we've taken the time just to consistently infuse courage? I told you today I'm going to be a little different. I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker today. I'm going to stay with God's Word. But I just want to understand, even this thing called church, I can talk about church. I've had the privilege of being a part of it my entire life. I've had the privilege of being in the pew and behind the pulpit. There's probably not an area in church that I have not spent some time doing, from either keeping the books or doing evangelistic things, shepherding somebody, walking through somebody with the valley of the shadow of death, the fun side of playing ball somewhere, game nights, working with youth, working with senior adults, on and on and on, this thing called church. Do we still believe in it? Do we still see the purpose of it? And what happens a lot of time with church, it becomes routine. And we fail to remember how important it is just to keep on keeping on, to keep doing what we do so well. Oh, sure, we have the big days and we have guest speakers come in and we have different things going, but what we do every day and every week counts. Many of us, as we get some age on us and we start learning more how to be appreciative and taking the time to go back and thank somebody that was there, oh, so many times, yesteryear, or consistently year in and year out, It's in those moments as people start speaking to you and you realize, wow, I didn't know anybody even recognized anymore. Singing in a choir week after week. Teaching a class year in and year out. I wonder how many Sunday school teachers you went and say, hey, I'll help where I can. You thought you might teach a year or two and here you are 30 years later. You had no idea. Working a nursery picking somebody up, going to a nursing home, on and on and on. But even just the gathering together, how we inspire one another. How many times have you come into a public place of worship, whether it's 10 there or 1,000 there, and it's just the atmosphere, and the piano starts playing, and a guitar player gets strums along, and the drummer keeps beat, and all of a sudden there's just that singer that stands out to you, And all of a sudden, you forget about the woes that you came in with, and you start focusing more upon his presence. And by the time you leave, it's just like, did I? Was I sick when I came in here? Was I worried about something? And we, it isn't until enough of those times happen where we reflect and realize, wow, there's encouragement going on. 
Sometimes as a Christian worker, whether you're pastoring or teaching or whatever you're doing, maybe you're paid, maybe you're a volunteer, you come along and you think, man, am I, am, am I making a difference any longer? But it's just that consistency of encouragement. This is one of those things that just doesn't get spoken of near enough, and yet it's that which absolutely is the glue that holds us together. It's the fire that ignites us to take one more step, to trust God one more time. Not to throw in the towel, but just to keep, and I don't have an answer yet. I don't even think an answer is going to be here anytime soon. But I'm going to see if he'll show up. It's just that encouragement that keeps us going. Proverbs 15 and 30 simply says that, that the that light in somebody's eyes brings a brightness to our heart. And it goes on and says, and it brings health to the bones. Physical attributes show up because somebody spoke a word to you, smiled. How many knows there's ministry in a smile? Even in a hearty fist bump now or an elbow bump or a tootsie touch. I don't know if that's a word or not. Just to encourage, encourage. Let's turn with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Those of you that are streaming, join in with us. Oh my, this, this is such a, I, I know if any of you have marked your Bibles uh, that you've seen that I've gone here more than once. It just continues to speak. Verse 22 says, let us, uh, together see, draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's sanctification, folks. 23, let us hold fast. And any of you that know me know I love that expression. It's not an oxymoron. That is one incredible visual statement. Let us hold fast. Hold fast. You can run and still not lose possession of it. You're holding fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And look what happens for us. And let us... Consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands, will you? Lord, thank you for your word and let it find good soil in our soul and let us receive the seeds that you're giving to us right now, let it just grow in our hearts and our spirits and our lives and let us hold fast to these promises and these truths and let us live it out for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few more moments because the next word out of my mouth is a grace life word. It's got to be intentional. It's got to be intentional. It doesn't just happen. You've got to make it happen. You've got to be intentional with it. It starts with a thought. The Hebrew writer says, let us consider how to do this. How many of us find ourselves in a recliner in the evening or 
lying down in the bed, and we have a few moments before we start drifting off, and we start going back and thinking about the day. Some of us start thinking about tomorrow, or maybe it's in the morning hours when you're first arousing, and you're not ready to get out of the bed yet, but, but you're thinking about what you got to do this day. You're considering what you've done or what you've got to do. This is a strong word to us. Let us consider how to spur one another on to the King James language. How to stir one another up. I got to consider how to do that. I got to think, there's, there's Larry back there. What, what can I do for Larry at this point in his life that will stir him and encourage him? There's Manita. What can I do for her? You know, I, I've known her for years and years and years. What is it that I can do for her now? You see, you're considering. It's becoming personal. It's becoming intentional. I got to think about my prayer partner. We've known each other so long. What can I do to stir them, to spur them on? I love the King James in that, spur one another on, because it's like you get to kick somebody for the good. That's a joke, folks. Hang in there. Don't we need spurred on every once in a while? Come on, Tammy, get with it. Come up here, let me practice on you. No. Consider how to do it. Look, look at the thought in it. There's so-and-so, they've, they've been the rock, but right now I see them weak. What can I do for them? This other person just always happy-go-lucky and fun-loving and always has a joke. They've kind of been down lately. What can I do for them? Consider one another, how you can stir them up, spur them on, encourage them. You see, it's a responsibility given to the child of God. The Bible is replete with telling us how to do this and why we should be doing it, to edify one another, to build one another up. How many of us know that we can get down? How many have wrestled with depression in 2020? Every hand go up. Come on. It messes with us. Sometimes we realize I'm not getting any younger. That's depressing. I can't do what I used to do. That's depressing. I used to be able to eat and never gain a pound. Now I look at it and I get fat. It's depressing. To consider one another. What can I do? What can I do? What can I say? What would be different? What is it that they like? What is it that I know they've talked about, and I don't think they've had it for a while? To consider one another. In other words, let's set somebody else up for success. How many knows that's one of the most rewarding feelings you'll ever experience? I mean, if, if it was given to you, it's, it's great. But when you get to set somebody else and they're successful, words can't describe the emotions, that, because that's the way we're designed. 
That's the encouragement from God's word. It's laced with promises, and we forget about it, what happens to us in the process. That's not the motivation, but it's, oh, the residual that comes back. How, how you feel. Can't you just sleep better when you know you've blessed somebody else through the day? When you've promoted somebody else, when you've bragged on somebody else. All the many, many years of youth work, I've had the privilege of being, that was, to me, that was always the payoff. Because you're getting ages right there where they're starting to develop and, and, and sometimes they're making terrible choices, making poor choices. Others, it's just like they're, they're awkward and stumbling, but you can see in them. Or others, you just get surprised. You're just doing your work of encouraging. All of a sudden, man, they just blossom. And you get to be a part of that. This thing of encouragement is huge. So we're making a declaration. This is going to be a year of encouragement. And it's got to be intentional. In other words, 2021 may get darker than 2020. Pastor, why did you say that? It might. So we have to be intentional. I can do something about it. I can consider somebody else. I can speak words of life instead of death. I can edify and build up. I can encourage somebody else. And I'm just going to put that in my spirit. God, I'm going to put it on my prayer list, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure that every day counts. I'm going to be intentional with it. When we're setting somebody else for success, I'm going to use another spinning of it, a few words we're used to. We're going to have to practice praise. We revere that word because we talk about praise unto our God. But how many likes to get a little bit of praise yourself every once in a while? And it's this whole thing of practicing praise. In other words, if it doesn't come real natural to you, if you're not naturally an encourager, start praying around, Lord, make me an encourager. Shape me. Put me back on the potter's wheel. Mold me and shape me for 2021. Use me this year, O oh Lord, for your glory. And how can you use me the most? <laughs> Trust me, encouragement will go a long way in 2021. You want to be remembered? You want to be memorable? Be an encourager. You want to be that person that other people look at and want to emulate your life? Be an encourager. You see, it's right there. It's right there. And some of us have acted on them. Others, we may have to practice for a while. You may have others look at you, what? what's wrong with you? Are you drunk? <laughs> what have you been smoking? Why are you so happy and giddy now? If you haven't been that kind of person, just say to them, thank you for that. Because it's going to stir me up even more. This is the person I want to be. So I told you, again, I'm not going to preach, just casting some vision. Let's talk about grace life. You see the high five banners, and we're just going to carry that throughout the year. That high five. Now, again, I trust that as we go in this year. I mean, it, honestly, in praying, I said, Lord, you know, I don't want to just do a theme that's forgotten in a week or two or six weeks. All through 2021, a year of encouragement. Lord, what can I do? And it's just simple little things. This high five. Why the number five? 
because it's the number of grace. It takes us into that grace life. I said, Lord, then, I, I, and I'm always praying. Now, by nature, as a pastor, one of the things he's given me is I'm an equipper. I've always known that. Whether it's mechanical things for a property, working on facilities, but also to, to, to give tools that we, spiritual tools, little things that are memorable that won't be easily forgotten to know, grow, and show, right? Lord, give me something for Grace Life. Those of you streaming, you're right here with us. How many likes a high five? Now, I don't know if 2021 will make people put a, a glove on before they high five you. That's fine. If they want to air high five you, that's fine. But if they want to just put flesh on flesh, that's good with me too. It's the inspiration behind a high five. Why do you high five somebody? Tammy, I, I picked on you. Come here, girl. Give me a high five. This is a Cajun high five. There you go, girl. Do you hear what just happened? Did you hear the laughter? Did you feel the uplift by something as simple as a raging Cajun? <laughs> High five on a Buckeye. We're going to talk about Ohio State today? No, just, just a thought. <laughs> this high five, something just simple to carry through the year. There are five things that I'm going to encourage you to put in your spiritual toolbox this year. Some of you are already doing some of these things. Those of you that have followed with Midweek Manna, I've encouraged that group. And I trust others will want to join as well. And in that is to pray for five people every day. Making a list of five. Now again, all these things I'm going to share with you, this is how we're going to close out today. I'm just casting vision. All these things are minimums. You can add to them. Grow in them. Some of you say, oh, I'm already praying for 25 people faithfully every day. That thank God for it. There's always somebody else that's like, I don't ever even think to pray for somebody else. That's going to be a new discipline in my life. But five, to pray for five. But don't just stop with praying for them. I want you to stay in contact with them. Not necessarily every day. But maybe every day. But just a simple text after you've prayed for them. And it may be the simplest of prayers. God, I'm praying for Randy Brooks today. I pray he has a blessed day. Keep him safe. Protect him. That may be all you pray. But you know what? That prayer counts. How many knows that heaven never loses a prayer? How many knows there's bowls of prayers in the heavenlies right now? And I know that my God never misses out on timings. And you may think it's just been forgotten. I, that prayer went in that bowl 10 years ago, but he knows exactly when to pull it out and say, now it's time to activate and answer that prayer. To pray for five, may simply, I may be pray for old Randy Brooks and then just send a text, prayed for you today. You may get a response and you may not. Just keep on doing it. Or maybe it's just once a week. Hey, I want you to know I've prayed for you faithfully every day this week. Just that simple. But to connect. How many have realized we've got to stay connected? More than ever as the day approaches. You see, there has to be an urgency in this hour. You're praying for five. I, I'll tell you right now, we're going to add to that five 
Because I don't want you already thinking about it. I want another five that you're praying for that you're not sure that they're born again. You don't, and maybe you know for a fact, they've told you, I'm not a believer at all. And to pray for that group as well. How many knows that's going to make a difference in their life? And to stay connected with them as well and just say, I pray for you today. Or is there anything you would like me to pray with you about? Somewhere along the way, they're going to say, yeah, I, I, I'm going through this. I need you. I'll take your prayers. And just see where God will take that relationship of just praying for them. So that's the first of the five. The second is a minimum of five-minute in devotions. And we've got wonderful tools. Dr. Jeff, our lead elder, has already promoted. And again, I'm going to take more time, especially those streaming not in person right now, just contact the office or, or get to the website. And it's simply two books that complement each other, Jesus Speaks and The Greatest Words Ever Spoken. How many of you are already doing this? Dr. Jeff, you have. I've got a few more. Is it speaking to you? For those of you that may not know, now we have these, uh, we're almost out today and, and uh, we got back ordered. The other books are supposed to be here next week and then we'll just keep it up. $24 uh, buys the two books. If you can't buy them, put it on my tab. Jesus speaks. Literally, it would take less than five minutes. Let me tell you about the devotion on January 1, that, just to give you an example. And Carrie was touching on it earlier and didn't even realize, or maybe he had read it. I don't know. He's got his books yet. But it talked about the presence of God in the moment. Because if your thoughts are always about yesterday, it's going to set you up for regrets and bitterness. If your thoughts are all about tomorrow, you're going to set yourself up for stress and fear. But the only way to really know him is in the moment because he's always present. And to learn to make every moment count. Just a simple devotion. But look what it, I'm, I, I, hey, it's the third, and I remember what I read on the first. That's pretty good, isn't it? And then from there, you can expand on your five minutes because at the end of each one of those daily devotions, just one page is all, will take you to this book and all the scriptures about that subject. And I like the description in this book that one said, it's just like having an appointment with Jesus and whatever you're dealing with, to sit down with him and let him speak to you individually. Everything he ever said in ministry is right there. No commentary, just the pure word speaking to you. So there's a second five of praying for five and five minutes in devotions. And then Sister Ann already shared with us about the $5 a month. It's just, that's an offering. And we're going to keep you posted. Ann will keep you posted. The ladies' ministries will keep you posted. The, the human trafficking is, is a heinous problem. And with the Atlanta International Airport, we see more than any city in America. And it's right here. There's an incredible ministry already making a difference. And matter of fact, by the end of the year, they'll have more housing for the children, for the men, for the women caught up in this than not any other city in America, all the other cities combined. I want to be a part of that. And I'll tell you, and again, as I get inspired, I'm, 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 I'm careful to say God said this to me. But I know he inspired my thoughts. 
The $5 a month, uh, you, you may give more toward it as we go along. There'll be some times where that ministry is asking for some volunteers to come and set some rooms up or whatever the case. But I just felt inspired to go with that $5 because everybody can do $5. I want the children of this house to be able to give what somebody else who has comfortable wealth is, to come together and know we're that united in an effort. Or a child says, well, I can't do what you do. Oh, yes, baby, you're doing every bit as much. So you're going to encourage that child to be a giver, to contribute to something. So we're asking, and it may, it may be larger than 100, but I'm, I'm trusting God for 100 people to sign up. So again, you can sign up in person, or you can get online, all these different things. That's the third of the five. The fourth of the fives, and I'm going to call them high five highlights. How many has done a selfie at least once this past year? Come on. Well, I want you, you can still do your selfies, but I want us to flip that thing and capture somebody else doing something good. These high five highlights, catch them on video, or you may just snap a picture of them and just give us a little statement of why you chose to send them. Send it to the Facebook page, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll develop this. But it's putting us in place once again to be encouragers. Hey, I just saw what you did for that child. Let me take a picture of you and let other people know what you just did. Let it inspire somebody else that they'll want to do that. Not to be famous on a high five highlight, However, to get credit, to inspire somebody else. Have you ever done something and somebody else caught it and they come up and brag on you and there's other 10 other people's like, I want to do that too? That's what we're talking about. Just capturing it and sending it. How, how many has heard this thing called social media? <laughs> do you think we need some good stuff out there in social media? And the fifth of the five I'm going to call it Connect Five. To have five people, again, minimums, that you're staying in personal contact with. Now, this, be creative with this. You may do this and form a small group. You may have to share some time with that, that, those five in my school, but I'm in somebody else's small group. Okay, just grow it. Pray about it. Develop it. But the Bible tells us to encourage one another even even more, even more as the day approaches. To stay connected one to another. Not to abandon worshiping together, assembling together. What he warned us would, would be a struggle in the last days. So we have to be intentional. That connect five is five people that they may be some on your prayer list, but maybe not, maybe not even one's on your prayer list. You might be praying for five other people, but these five are people that you're going to encourage and they're going to stay connected with you. Again, small groups may develop from it. Or it may just be a thing where, how many likes books? And you just get together and have a book club. Maybe it's a virtual book club. How many's heard of this thing called Zoom? In other words, all these things that we've been dealing with and that, let's be encouraging with these things. I'm going to close with this today. There was a nine-year-old boy that his mother said, you're going to learn how to play that piano. <laughs> and some days weren't so bad. Other days, it was just grueling. 
practice, 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 practice. It was tough on parents as well, especially the mother having to hear those sour notes being played. The boy was getting discouraged. Mom found out that the great Paderewski was coming to town and going to be in concert. She thought, I'll buy two tickets and we're going to go watch and listen to the great Paderewski. She got to that day thinking, if you see this great pianist, concert pianist play, maybe it'll put something in my boy. Maybe he'll continue to play. As they got to the concert hall that day, they found their seats, and the little boy said he had to go to the restroom. Mom said, that's fine, just I'll be right here. She waited. She got talking to some other people, and all of a sudden, she heard clamoring and chattering going on around, and she heard gasp, and finally, everybody was complaining that a boy had got onto the stage and started getting behind the piano and hitting the ivories. She was aghast when she realized that was her nine-year-old son. It's a true story. It got on stage. Might have been Carrie Stuttered. I don't know. You could hear people saying, we didn't pay for this. You could hear other people, get that kid off the stage. And the little boy was beating out chopsticks. Can you imagine paying money to go to a concert and to hear some nine-year-old playing chopsticks? The great Paderewski came up behind that child. The child didn't know it, reached around him, and started playing a melody that went along with chopsticks. And then you could hear the great Paderewski speak to that nine-year-old boy, don't quit. Don't stop. Keep on playing. Would you stand with me today?